Alright guys, uh, how's it going out there tonight? Um, Brady Liebold again here on Hockey to Heroin, Road to Recovery. Um, super happy tonight, um, had my very first guest on and uh, couldn't ask for a better guest. I got one of my lifelong friends and somebody I can vi- uh, consider a brother, Kevin Peterson. Kevin, how you doing tonight, bud? <laughs> I'm doing well, Brady, how are you? Oh, you know what, buddy? Uh, I'm doing actually really well, and uh, you know, obviously, you and I haven't talked for a few years, unfortunately. But uh, whenever we do, uh, uh, without a doubt, we always pick up as if we saw each other yesterday. That's for sure, right? No, for sure. Um, it's good to for hear. For sure, you. Kev. For sure, Kev. You've always been somebody that's uh, had my back, and um, you know, I appreciate that over the years. And though we've drifted, and uh, I didn't make it easy on, on anybody for sure to even be my friend. I just shut everybody out. But, you know, Kev, you've uh, always been there to answer any of my calls, texts, or when I was in town to hang out. And, I, Kev, I do appreciate that, and I love you, buddy, for it. And um, Kev, like, uh, for those people that don't know you, I mean, you got probably some of the sickest hands out there, let's be honest. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen you on the ice here in a, in a few years, but man, uh, just even out there, I was helping you coach a few years back, and this kid, this guy's got some nasty mitts, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> what's what's going on with you, Kev? Like, tell us a little uh, bit about what's going on with you. Yeah, man. Uh, since we last spoke, uh, well, the last time that we hung out, I was coaching uh, back in Hollyburn. Um, I remember you came to a, to a game, helped me coach. It was a peewee team. Um, and then uh, from there, I went to North Shore Winter Club, uh, worked with some some bant with with the Bantam team, um, and then from there I went to Vernon uh, in the BC Hockey League. Uh, I was assistant coach there for four and a half years, and then um, in January uh, last year I was hired by uh, the Coyotes. So now I'm just uh, scouting full time in the NHL. So things have wow, uh, Kev. yeah, Kev, things- awesome. You know, when I saw that, you know, super proud of you, buddy. I know you put in a lot of hours in the rink. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I know a lot about you on a personal level from from childhood. We'll get into some of our stories. I can't wait to reflect <laughs> on, back on that. But yeah, what was it? 2009-10. That was your your first year. What with Vernon? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I that was uh, way back in. Uh, in the day when I was trying to get uh, a foot in the door, just I always wanted to be a scout, and I always wanted to just like do something in hockey. I was always jealous of you guys that played at at the high level of the Western Hockey League and stuff. And I, I, I mean, you guys were kind of my motivation. Like, um, you know, growing up in in Poco, there there wasn't many of us, so I always looked up to you guys that were playing uh, in the Western League, and I always kind of wanted to like make something of myself in hockey. So uh, back in the day, I. I got an opportunity with Vernon, just uh, volunteer scouting. So kind of just um, watched some guys in Vancouver for that and uh, while I was coaching minor hockey. And then uh, fortunately, I th- it came full circle, I believe, around uh, 2015. And then uh, I was asked to go to Vernon as an assistant coach. So kind of uh, where I started as a scout is is where I ended uh, in junior. So, so pretty cool. Yeah. That- and I know for you, you spent a lot of time up there. Uh, do you guys uh, still spend a lot of time Predator Ridge on the golf course? Or? Yeah, yeah. So I actually ended up moving up there um, when I when I came to coach here. I ended up moving up there. So um, my family, uh, my mom and dad are up here, and then I'm up here as well. My sister's still back in Poco. So um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, Vernon's been good to me. Um, you know, really, really thankful for the city and the the people that were part of the hockey team to give me an opportunity. So I mean, yeah. They just they just saw a young guy that was uh, willing to do whatever it took to get to the next level. So yeah, really thank yeah, and really thank you, you took a you took a step a step to kind of back towards the minor hockey or well it's not even I don't even see for me I'm kind of out of the loop to be honest with the way things have gone and I want to get into that with you too because you know so much about what's going on uh, uh, in in so many areas that I don't with like what's going on with the minor hockey and these new high school programs and. And I've just been lost for all these years, so I think uh, getting caught up on that. But when you made that decision to to go to the Greater Vancouver Canadians, like when was that? Like if for people that don't know, that's the major midget hockey league, right, Kev? Yeah, that was um, 
that Do was they like still a, have it yeah yeah so that was like a cool opportunity that uh, a good friend of mine leland mack uh he coaches at uh, bernie winter club and um him and i became friends and uh he was the head coach there at uh, greater vancouver canadians and um he asked if i wanted to be an assistant we, we didn't get paid back then it was all just volunteer and i just thought it was a i thought it was a really good way for me to um you know coach some older players coach some really good players i mean we had really really good players i was fortunate enough to be on the ice with um you know guys that are playing hockey for a living i mean nick patan was out there and uh, a kid named glenn godden who who got a game for the flames this year like uh, and yes uh actually i have uh i wanted to talk to him too i know he's a a fellow Swift Current Bronco alumni. He was actually the captain for them. Um, I know you coached him there too. Uh, Adam Uciel's on that team too, right? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was but in Red Deer. I, I, uh, I know he was uh, a pretty highly touted back in those days, but I'm not sure. And what about that Tyler Sandu? Was he not uh, your first yeah. year there? Was he? Yeah, he, he was uh, there too. He was on. Uh, he was on our team as well. He's at uh, University of British Columbia. They yeah. they had a really good run in playoffs this year. I, I, they upset. Uh, one of the best teams, I think, University of Alberta. So uh, Tyler's a phenomenal, yeah. uh, phenomenal kid and great family. Yeah. And we actually had his brother in, in Vernon, Jordan Sandu. So pretty, yeah. uh, pretty crazy, yeah. man. Uh, I also saw um, another kid that uh, I helped train in another uh, with with Kai. You know him. Uh, that Justin Zito kid uh, was on your team, and I'm, I just saw that he's he's actually playing in Harvard, <laughs> I believe. So yeah, maybe he's the brains, but. Um, and then what, after that, you went to, to North Shore, yeah? Yeah, um, I decided oh, wait, I want to go back, I want to go back, so, sorry, Kev, uh, to cut oh, you off, good. but, so you went, you went, you know, you're, you're coaching, uh, Major Midget with Leland, uh, then you got the opportunity to, to actually become a scout with Everett, correct? Yeah, that was while I was in, um, uh, with Greater Vancouver Canadians, I, um, uh, the old head coach that was in Vernon uh, was called Mark Ferner, and uh, he went to Everett as the head coach, and uh, he called me out of the blue one day and just said, um, hey, like, I've been saying some good things about you, and um, if if you wanted, uh, you know, I can put your name forward. So I, I told him for sure this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a scout. So really fortunate uh, to get hired by Everett. Um, uh, um, RGM at the time was um, Doug Sotart, and then after became uh, Gary Davidson, and uh, our head scout was Bill LaForge, who's now the GM in Seattle. Just really amazing people, all those guys in Everett. Yeah. Um, well, I know I um, you said um, sorry the the who was the GM there first? Yeah, Doug Sotart was the Sotart, first. Yeah, GM. he was. He was. Uh, I believe he was the GM that uh, traded for me when I declined to go all those years ago. And uh, got our friend Mike Barnes to call Kevin Constantine, pretending to be me. <laughs> yeah, not to go. Not one of my smartest okay. moves, eh, Kev? No, I mean, but that's life, man. We that all is, make that's mistakes. life for it's, sure. It's, so, uh, um, when you went, so you now you're scouting with the tips. You went over to the North Shore Winter Club. It's obviously a pretty prestigious program for uh, yep. people that don't know that. Um, how'd you guys do? Did you win any na- uh, national championships or Western championships uh, with them? Two years. Yeah, in, in Bantam, uh, there's no like national championships for Canada, yep. but there's like a Western Bantams, and we ended up winning uh, both years there. So pretty, pretty cool experience for me. I mean, like growing up. Um, watching all you guys play at the highest levels and then, you know, you guys making the Western League. For me, like, when I was scouting for Everett, it was like I made the NHL because I didn't have that experience as a player. And then coaching Bantam, I mean, those players, I mean, it's like... Just to cut you off one more time, Kev, like, just, I'm not going to sit here and knock you at all, but on a pure skill level, you could have been there, right? Like, (laughs) let's let's not knock you here for for that by any means you know so and i'm no, sure like, look, just, you're, you're obviously doing great things and and um as we get further in this podcast we're going to get talking to about uh matthew barzell and how close you are with him and and how much i think you know you were actually the first person to even mention him to me and uh, i want to get into a story about that later on as we go but um so you uh had luca barzan on that team yeah, right. yeah, we he's had, a four. Uh, he was a forty-goal scorer for the Wheat Kings too. I don't know. He's I think he was drafted by Colorado. He's still unsigned, I think. But yeah, yeah, um, he went last year in the draft. Yeah, Luca's a a great kid. Yeah, and he lit it up for you guys there, did he not? And you had uh, yeah, my, we were you had, really you had probably uh, I, out of the kids that 
I met through you. Um, you had on that team too was uh, Jack Shepard, right? So yeah, yeah. Jack playing in Vancouver with his brother Cole, just amazing kids, amazing family. Yep. And the Absolutely. year before, uh, the year before at North Shore was the '99 group. We were super lucky to have uh, Jordy Bellarive uh, drafted by, or sorry, signed by Pittsburgh, and Justin Almeida drafted by Pittsburgh, yeah. and uh, you know, just really, really, really great kids. For me, it was like, um, you know, growing up, always playing against North Shore and Burnaby. It was like for me to coach there, it actually meant something. So I'm really, really thankful for for those two years for sure. Yeah. So in 2015, 16, now you went back to Vernon, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, now as a head scout and an assistant coach, is that right? Yeah. So that was um, I I thought but, that I. Had like I thought that I had done everything I wanted to do in minor hockey, if that makes sense. Like I had coached Adam, I had coached Pee Wee, I coached Bantam, I coached Midget. I kind of wanted to see. Um, I really, I mean, I'll admit I didn't, I always wanted to make the NHL. I always thought I could if I worked hard in the scouting side, but I, I don't know, man, I, I never thought I would, you know what I mean? So I was just like, okay, if I go to, if I go to coach in junior, like that would be, I mean, that'd be like making it, you know, like I played one game in the BC hockey league in my life. So like for me to coach a year in that league, I, I, it was like NHL for me. Right. And then for me to be there for four and a half years was incredible. Like the kids yes. that we had, the players that we had, we had an NHL draft uh, from two on, on one team, just the people I met, the people I coached with, the fans it was like incredible so really really happy i did that yeah um was one of them uh brett stapley yeah did brett stapley at him? denver and uh, he was on our north shore winter club bantam team so yes that's, that's uh, right yeah and then the other one was uh ty taylor was our goalie drafted by tampa so um yeah just really cool yeah. like i mean yeah. I know it's just um, tier two, and I know it kind of gets a bad rap compared to the Western League, but it's it's. Well, a really that's another good. thing that again, I, another thing I want to touch on as we go on too, because you've seen so much hockey, and I think between you and my dad, I don't know maybe who has watched any people that have been at the rink more than you two. You your, know what I mean? Yeah, so, your dad. sure. <laughs> my dad, you think has goes more or what? Oh my! Oh yeah, man, he was pound the pavement when we were growing up, man. I still remember seeing him in rinks when we were when we were kids and i still see him in rinks so i think he's yeah, got well, for sure i'd be going to the rink too if i was him anyways um um yeah so you did some stuff with uh hockey bc too right yeah like i i just wanted to do as much video, as i could did you do um, the video coaching yeah i wanted to do as much as i could in hockey because so, my, my goal was like to make the nhl so i just wanted to do as much as i could to help me make meet people and make contacts yeah. and so just when like you left friends. you decided to um uh go back to vernon right yeah what was because <laughs> you obviously left everett right um yeah i actually got let go from everett uh in okay. february before i went to and that was uh I think that was more mutual than performance based just because yeah. I had been I had been pretty open that I was uh Going looking back at to the BC hockey yeah. league. Yeah. Um, and, and it's they don't as far as what I can remember it they you know they don't really go hand in hand it's one or the other right. And so that's that was kind of my question I I was um just really reading and what you've been up to these last few years and that was one of the things that stood out for me was just like how how did uh, these organizations handle like you know if you're coaching in the pc hockey league but you know you're scouting in the western league or yeah yeah so, deal with uh, something like that you know because left on great terms with my old boss bill the forge who's the gm in seattle now i i see him at a lot of thunderbirds games i still say hi to him i respect him and then my old gm gary davidson is still the gm in everett uh just nothing but respect for those guys so i don't think they took it personally i definitely didn't it was just more about me trying to to make it to the highest level that i could so they they, they were always really supportive and like i said when i see them in the rink it's it's friendly so yeah i think you and you know what though kev you uh you've you've earned that i think you do have a lot of respect from a lot of these people and and um i think only good good and better things are to come for you um i had a question because uh, i think yeah. you would know better um there's this kid stankovin Stank. yeah, yeah yeah logan you, Stankoven. he was on Can team bc with you right yeah he was uh part of our uh can winner games team uh last year he was also with us for the brick like i mean like he's oh, an yeah. so that's uh yeah 
yeah. seven so, years ago. So, yeah, I've you, known him the, for quite a long time. The Brick Tournament, you also had Barzell in that tournament? Um, I started the year after, so uh, year Matt after. was there. Matt was there uh, with uh, John Calvano at the Brick before I got involved. Okay. I was involved. Right. After. I had um, met yeah. Matt. Uh, I met Matt when he was about uh, eleven, the year after the Brick. So yeah, I saw I saw a picture of you guys actually when he had he was it at the NHL Awards or yeah yeah so um, I went out there when he was nominated for Rookie of the Year. Obviously, he ended up winning. So yeah, I went out to Vegas. Uh, I got to see his family, uh, his mom, his dad, his sister, and then I got to see Matt. So pretty, pretty cool. Too cool, Kev. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. I you know, super proud of that kid. You are a lot closer with him than I am, but I I did have a chance to spend time with him. And actually, um, I had never seen him play, but um, actually, you and I had not talked talked for a year or two there and then remember i went and and coached with you like you mentioned out in north yep. shore and i just we remember the hour drive out to hollyburn we we discussed and i think we, i ta asked who the best up-and-coming player was or whatever and we i think <laughs> the whole time you talked about this kid matthew barzell and he was from coquitlam right that's like pretty yep. much our hometown you know poor coquitlam and coquitlam are right next door to each other so um you know, you're telling me this kid was the best in North America for his age. And at this time, I didn't know about Connor McDavid or anything. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was just fucking great that he beat him with the, fa like, uh, in the skills comp. Like, I was, like, jumping up and down, like, <laughs> you know, like, that yeah. was just, because I know, like, you probably even know more like how, how ultra competitive Maddie is, you know, like not to like rub it in somebody's face, but just to have that, you know, the, the 97 birth year and, and, uh, you know, kind of overshadowed and maybe playing in that market in New York, uh, you know, he gets kind of got forgotten about a little bit. I don't want to say that cause he, he did get a lot of recognition cause how could he not? He, he yeah, was lighting think, it up, but yeah, like I mean, to be the to be a top athlete like that, I mean, Matt and anybody else, you have to have that drive. So I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure if you ask anybody, they want to yeah. always themselves, you know. Yeah. So yeah, like when um, Kai Hainonen, he's a he's a hockey trainer out west, and someone I'd hope to get on this um, podcast as well as time goes on. Well, anyways. Um, Kev, you know this, but he actually um, sponsored me after uh, he pretty much picked me up out of my addiction and got me clean and sponsored me and trained me. He owned a hockey gym, got me massages, got me a skating coach, like, you know, for a comeback. And uh, I did really well with it for a bit. I remember bringing Jake <laughs> Jake with me a couple times. and uh, But the one time, um, shortly after I'd been with you, Kev, I uh, had to go to Burnley Winter Club, the small rink there, um, to meet with uh, the skating coach, old uh, Joseph Blue Pulaski. Um, I forget his name, that old guy that chops his, uh, chops his boots at the speed skater. Do you know this guy? No, I, I actually. Oh, Kev, man, I wish you knew this guy, Terry. Anybody listening, he's a great guy, but this guy falls so much when he's trying to show you what to do, right? But. Oh man, like my trainers in Fit Life used them like years ago when I trained with like Andrew Ladd and Yipper and those guys. And yep. we used to just hoot kept. But anyway, so I'm standing there with this old guy and he's in full gear and he's got old mission wheels and they're chopped i'm not kidding kev the boots are chopped with a hacksaw he told me down to make them look like speed skates but they're hockey skates he doesn't really tie them and uh we're standing there and there's a kid on the ice before me and i'm just waiting to go on and waiting for the zamboni to come out and uh i'm standing there and i remember mike uh matt's dad was standing there who i didn't know but um, I just remember sitting there, like, watching. I'm like, who is this kid? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was 24, and, and he was, I think, I don't know, 12 or 13, right? And uh, I asked Mike if he, if he didn't mind staying out with me. Because I was like, this kid's faster than I am. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't have anybody to skate with that day. So he ended up doing that. And so he ended up coming to train with us um, for months. He stayed with Kai for a bit. I don't think he's with him anymore. But to that competitive edge, like we'd go to the martial arts, to the gym. And um, there was this ladder and we'd have to climb underneath it. like, uh, And then like turn around and go back. And there was like the record in the dojo, right? Like for the yep. thing. And Kai... Kai had put it out there or whatever. And I, I think within hit of Matt being there only two or three times, he he beat the record for the whole dojo. Might have even been the first time, if, if I remember correctly. So it's kind of funny. But um, um, yeah, so like Kev, uh, before I get into I I want to get into some of our stories later on because it's just, how can we not? Um, just, we had so much fun together, you know, the group of us. And, and just, I want to give these people a little idea of, of what it was like for for me to grow up and you were certainly a, p- a part of that yeah and uh, just to give people an idea of what our, our group of friends was like because it's certainly <laughs> certainly weren't anything like what i turned into and what the path i went down um um so as a scout cab like yeah. how, how like how likely is it like i mean for now that you're at the nhl level how likely yep. is it that you you're going to go to a game and uh and actually notice somebody that you and get like really is somebody going to get a shot that you're not already there to see or are there certain guys that you're pretty much there to see i mean obviously things change and guys can have great games but uh what is it really like and and how hard is it to to catch the eye of a scout and, and what is it that they're looking for um, I mean, these, I mean, there's, they're great questions and it's, uh, I mean, when <laughs> I guess in today's world, it's hard not to know who the guys are, if that makes sense. I mean, with social yeah, media, with social just media, technology yeah. nowadays, I think, um, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for all the scouts in the world, but I think, yeah. um, me personally, um, you know, you do know who the, who the guys are, uh, going into the season. Um, having said that, uh, I, I don't, um, I don't try to go to the rink with an attitude where, where the guys that have a name get a free pass or they're the only guys that I watch. Um, you know, you, you kind of try and break up your year into segments. Maybe in the beginning of the year, um, you know, you try and cast a wide net where you're watching uh, multiple guys, see if guys catch your eye. And then as the season progresses, you can kind of narrow your search a little bit, just focus on uh, maybe the guys that interest you. Um, my best parallel that I can give to scouting would be like, uh, if me and you go to the same movie and, uh, you like the movie and I don't, um, who's to say who's right or wrong, right? It's just sort of an opinion. You like the movie I didn't. And and that's this, um, I think there's parallels in, in scouting. I could go to a game, the same game as you, and you could say, Hey, this guy was the best player. And then I could say, Hey, this guy was the best player. So, um, it's very, uh, it's very hard in that way. And, and even at, even at the bantam level, I mean, uh, what your dad does and has been doing forever. I mean, it's it's just as difficult at that level, you know. Um, but I think ultimately uh, to do your job the best at this level is um, is not to bring um, like other people's opinions, uh, not let those um, impact uh, what you're watching. So, for example, if you said to me, "Hey, Kev, this is uh, this is the best guy I've seen all year," you know, I really like this and this and this. Um, if I go watch that player. Um, you know, with all that advice, I think I'd, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing a job properly if I didn't watch the player. Um, you know, just for what I see, if that makes sense. So, no, absolutely, Kev. These kids, um, these kids are so good, man. They're they're so good, and it's like um, it's scary how good they are. And when I go to a game, um, even the guys that aren't going to get drafted, they're still so impressive. Like the level of talent in the Western League and and BCHL is incredible. So. Um, you know, like for them to impress me, um, you know, the reality is they all impress me. It's just the, you know, the top guys that are, are the guys that, you know, we're trying to focus in on for sure. Is, is that separation between the top guys in Bantam, uh, noticeable? Yeah. You know what? It, it's probably no different than when we were growing up, you know, like you go to a Bantam game when we were growing up and, and the top guys were the top guys. It's still relative. Like each team has three or four guys on it that are clearly above everybody else. But I think the art or the, the art of scouting and the good scout, 
um, you know, he can he can pick out maybe a couple guys um, that aren't at that top level that maybe haven't grown yet, or maybe they um, maybe they have some skills that just quite haven't developed yet, or um, you know, little things like that. So I think uh, the be- the best thing that you can do as a scout is just uh, don't write any- don't write anybody off, and then just keep peeling the layers back because you never know, man. You might uh, you might see a kid that's uh, a little bit undersized, and then a year from now he grows a bit and. You know, you, you don't want to be that scout who just shuts the door all the time. So you, you want to try and go into it with an open mind for sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So leading into my next question, like um, <clears throat> obviously with the COVID-19, uh, it shut the hockey season down at all levels. So for these guys, um, uh, you know, these guys that are looking to sign contracts, it, it it's going to have maybe some effect on it, but I mean, not as much as some of these guys that, you know, 19, 20 years old, they have a good playoff run and, and they really get their shot that way, you know? So yeah. I've, I've been feeling really bad for these guys and, um, I, I couldn't imagine, but I mean, obviously it's, it's above us. Uh, it's really unfortunate, but I, I, I just, I couldn't stop thinking about, you know, like, how many times do, do guys have just incredible playoff runs at, at any level, even in the NHL, and then they get that big payday or whatever. But at the junior level, like uh, it, it can really make that, that difference between getting a shot at pro because, um, let's face it, uh, most of the guys that are going to play major junior hockey and tier two junior hockey are not going to play in the NHL. Yeah. The percentage is very small. And yeah. um, all these guys, and uh, certainly – are are geared to to making it and and what happens when you don't and uh i'm not sure for me kev as you know it it's been an absolute nightmare so um it's did you uh, obviously without putting any names out there i know i had a lot of problems uh mental health problems while i was playing and my coach dean chanel and swift Kern, put up with way more of my shit than he should have and um, <laughs> for different reasons, but at the same time, um, I just often wonder what it's like for these kids now because uh, the kids are still moving away from home. Obviously, tech, like you said, the technology makes it easier because you can FaceTime now your parents and everything and your friends, but it's still not the same. Uh, when you were coaching, did you have any problems with kids uh um, struggling from anything like that or did you have any players come to you personally or do you know of, uh, of them or or do you feel like the same mentality is around of, of, of guys scared because they, they feel like it could pull them out of the lineup or or made looked at you know as as weak or a liability um, you know, those are like the topic of mental health is, uh, I think thing like something that we need to discuss in the hockey world for sure. Um, it, it was always something as an assistant coach, um, in the junior level, I was, I was probably closer to the kids than the head coach was. Um, that's just, you know, they always say good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, sure. I had a good, I had a good relationship with, um, with the majority of our players. And, uh, I feel like, um, my, my role there was that if a player was struggling, he could reach out to me. Um, I never got in a situation where I, where I pressed somebody for that personal information, but I always made it known to all of our players that if they ever need anything, um, you know, call me, text me 24 seven, just because, um, you know, when I got into the league, it was 2015 where some of this stuff was starting to surface a bit. I have to believe if I was coaching 10, 15 years ago, probably wouldn't have been that way. But um, just with the landscape of how everything is now, I tried to make a conscious effort to, you know, make sure every kid had my phone number and they were able to contact me if they needed, um, you know, healthy conversations away from the rink and um, just pulling kids aside at practice and asking them how they're doing. Little things like that goes a long way. And for me, um, you know, like as a person, um, I, I came here, I didn't have any friends when I came here. I mean, like, so for me, the kids helped me just as much as I could ever have helped them, you know? So, um, little conversations, uh, here and there at the rink or, you know, a text message or, you know, just, um, you know, we, on Sundays we would go and play, uh, outdoor hockey and get some wings with some of the 20 year olds and some of the guys. And I, I don't think, they know how much that helped me 
you know, like as a guy in his twenties moving away from home with a dream of coaching hockey, um, you know, it, it was tough here myself some days. So I probably owe the kids more than, than they would ever owe me. But no, to answer your question, I, I didn't have, or we didn't have any, um, significant issues. Um, but we always made it known that our office was, uh, open anytime and those kids could reach out just because I know it, I know it is a big issue now. Yeah. Um, that makes me happy to hear that Kev. Cause, um, uh, I, 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 want to believe that they're they are doing enough and and i'm sure there's um uh things implemented to help that and it, it certainly sounds like you did everything you could you you can't bring players and and make them talk to you right but um do you do you feel like do you feel like um you've been around a lot of these players right like uh, you do, do you yeah. st- you're still doing skill stuff in the summer and, and all that like um, I, I just do the brick and stuff with John in the summer. Uh, okay, yeah. so but you're around you're around kids, or you're around you were around juniors the last few years. Like, do yep. you do you see a lot of things going on with with players struggling, or do you pick up on different times where, you, as a coach, you can you can kind of feel like it, it's a it's a definitely not a hockey problem. It's an off ice problem. And do you really feel like even though that hopefully you're not the only one hopefully all the assistant coaches are doing that i know dave hunchak did that um for for us in swift current i know jeff finley also did that for us in Kelowna. he was awesome um i was fortunate to have good coaches everywhere actually um uh, also quentin van horlick uh, rest in peace my coach in the east coast hockey league actually uh, another man who suffered from addiction but what a great guy he was and um uh, you know, it's a sad story. Um, but, you know, I want to believe and it makes me happy that, you know, I think coaches are doing that. But what my concern is, is do the players really feel that it's a safe environment? And um, I'm, I want to believe that it is like 99% of the time, you know what I mean? But yeah do they how what do you think or do you think there's anything that can be done or do you think more needs to be done to be to to really maybe make that gap a little better because i know sports psychologists are brought in and everything else but that happened to me kevin and i liked my one sports psychologist max offenberger uh he worked with the tampa bay lightning he even had a stanley cup ring when he came to see me when i was in swift current it was pretty cool and um he was a really neat old guy from uh, Nantucket, and uh, he was the only one. But as far as that goes, it's like I'm worried if I go to a sports psychologist and I say too much, well, what if I'm too, you know, fucked up and goes to the coach? You know what I'm saying? Like there's just that's the kind of thoughts I had as a player, and it's, just, it's a really tricky business because let's, let's be honest, Kev, the world of hockey is extremely cutthroat. Yeah, I think like the best uh, thing that we can talk about is just like culture. I think if the culture of your junior team or your minor hockey team um, is positive and it allows for kids to reach out to the correct sources, then um, there there should be no problem. Um, you know, I, I can only speak for the teams that I've been with. I, I can't speak for any other team in junior hockey that I haven't been with, so I don't know what they do. But like I said before, I just – um, as a staff, we always just wanted the culture to be that if if somebody was going through something where they needed to talk, um, it was going to be on a personal level and not influence uh, any hockey decisions. But, I mean, again, I think each day, each month, each year, the more people talk about these issues um, and the more people realize that it's um, it can affect, um, you know, on-ice performance and that when – when we really think about it, it's bigger than just a game. Uh, I think that things, I think that things will, um, you know, I don't want to use the word change because um, nothing needs to change. I just think more cultures will start accepting it. So, um, like I said, I mean, I don't think for one second if a kid came to us in Vernon and said, hey, this is my problem, we would have held it against him on a hockey performance side but again i i can only speak to what to what we did but i think it's just it comes back to culture if you've got a healthy culture and um you know an environment i I don't believe that for the most times there's safe environments but i just have a i feel like the 
the, the players have a hard time believing that and, and having that trust. And again, you're right, it, it goes back to that culture and developing trust with your players. So um, you've obviously developed like very good relationships with players. I see, I've seen how you are um, with your players, you know, when you're coaching. And like, Kev, you're, like I, I even told you after, like you're, you did such a great job. You're doing a great job. Um, I think that, you, yeah, you've done so much for for a lot of these kids and so many of them have, have gone on to some pretty amazing hockey careers kev when you think about it these kids you've coached right so yeah, um, yeah. most the most notably uh would be matthew correct would he be yeah i mean like yeah it's nice well to dante favreau too right <laughs> yeah no it's nice i mean listen it's it's nice to say that you might have had a um you know like you might have had a an impact in, in a kid's life, but I never treated, uh, I never treated Matthew or Dante any different than I treated, uh, the next kid. Cause I think that's what makes a good coach. And I just, yep. I wanted to like all the, all the experience that I got in minor hockey, um, whether it be negative or positive, I just want to bring that to every kid that I coach. Like, you know, I wanted to get to know them as kids or people and, you know, just make sure that they had a lot of fun because hockey's going to end for a lot of people. I mean, it ended for me when I was nineteen, twenty. So when I look yeah, back, like, did, did yeah. I get like, did I get a lot out of it in minor hockey? Probably not. And so when I started coaching minor hockey, I wanted to give the kids more than what I got. And yeah, I'm I'm so thankful for like being able to be on the ice with with Bad and Dante. But I tell people all the time they taught me more than I could have ever taught yeah. them. So it's like, and I owe them more than they owe me. Trust me. Like oh, for me, yeah, no, I yeah, I'm like, just I just think it's cool that you know you get to see these kids and and at these young ages and and get to blossom into these just incredible players and. It's and, uh, yeah, surreal, it, like growing up in Poco playing street hockey at a tennis court with guys that were playing in the Western League. Like, I, I mean, I got to be honest, I used to think you guys were like NHL. And then <laughs> when I when I get to turn my TV on and see kids that I know personally play, um, it's it's nuts. It's completely nuts. Like, I never thought some kid from Poco would ever like I don't know, man. I got to be honest. I didn't think I'd be sitting here t t being able to tell stories like this. So it's yeah. crazy. Well, we had a lot of fun times, and um, we actually had a really good core group of guys. And man, did we play the shit out of some street hockey. Um, <laughs> we never partied a whole lot. Like we did. Like hey, Kev, maybe like one week, one night, we'd go to a party, and then the next week or the next night, we'd we'd spend. There'd be a good ten of us at linens and things or IKEA at you know 10 p.m till 3 4 in the morning underground um and these games were serious like two on two <laughs> king's court you better look out travis drexel you ever trip me again <laughs> like man i was so mad but you know we even had a fake stanley cup made up at one time we were keeping track of goals maurice rocket richard trophy being awarded at the end of every night oh, you yeah. know and, my, and we weren't like 10 uh, years old we were 15 no, 16 this... 17 18 19 20 in the yeah. summers and well, you're, uh, I, mean, I look back and i try and tell people when they ask me like and i'm like man i I didn't drink i mean i still don't like i, yeah, mean, I don't think i've ever seen you have one drink. i think i've seen you have one drink and i don't yeah. think you had a sip yeah and I probably i tell people all the time i used to go to the bar and buy a beer and hold on to it the whole night so people wouldn't make fun of me but honestly That's i remember right. i remember being i remember being the legal uh, old enough to go to the bar and instead we were driving down to ikea to play street hockey and uh I wouldn't change it for anything, man. I really no, wouldn't. Me like, either. I, I'm so grateful for um, having all you guys as buddies, and like we, we all shared that same passion for the game on a Friday night um, yeah. to go rip down to IKEA and play hockey till three in the morning. Yeah. And uh, you know, you're 20 years old. Everybody else is going to the bar, and you're worried about who's winning the fake Conspite <laughs> Trophy. So we yeah. were like yeah. super concerned about that too, man. Like. <laughs> We would rollerblade through the McDonald's drive-through at Linens and things. Like we were in, uh, we'd have, like we'd pretend that one guy was driving, and we'd have yeah. a couple guys oh, in the yeah. back seat. Four burgers, <laughs> four guys, and what do you guys want to drink? Yeah, you kids, get out of here. Well, listen, we had like we had 
like these are the guys that are playing like and if it, maybe nobody knows them but like these were good hockey players and kevin you are a good hockey player skilled especially street hockey right i'll be honest <laughs> you just don't like the contact kev you're not much of a contact guy but that's okay that's no, okay you know? i did not we're like good with contact. that but you know like i'm telling you right now it's such high skill games we had graham lippert and Nat, right and yeah, he played yeah. He played uh, junior. Did he play junior B? Maybe a little junior A and played yeah, NCAA. And he went to school down in the states in St. Louis at Lindenwood. Yeah. We had Kurt Astle played at Merrimack for a season, and he ended at St. Norbert. I mean, yeah, Nick he lit up the SJHL in Melfort. Yeah, Nick Vanderbilt was in Melfort. Then he went to uh, the SPHL and Mercyhurst. And Jeff Hayner came up, and he was captain oh, at yeah. Air Force Academy. And I mean, you were playing the Western League. Uh, Ned, Ned. Uh, fourth-round pick, L.A. I mean, we had Robbie Cavallari was a really good He was game. a goalie, but he would play defense, and he was the meanest defenseman. He probably could have played in the dub as a defenseman, I'm sure. Yeah, he used to call himself Scott Stevens. Scott Stevens, and, yeah. Uh, the eyes, boys, the eyes. I, uh, <laughs> oh, I my was, God. I was I would terrified go net of him. sometimes just so I wouldn't have to. Because when we played the tennis courts, you guys would always make it full contact. So that was my oh, cue yeah. to go in net. So <laughs> I wouldn't get it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then and we even had uh, Zach Hamill come out. Like Oh, yeah. Third, I mean, third overall pick to the player. Boston Bruins. We had Jeff Anderson came out a few times. He played in he played in Yale or Princeton. Played at BC yeah, Hockey yeah. for four or five years. Like everybody that played in those games played at least junior hockey, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and it was, uh, it was crazy. Literally, we had, remember so, we had girls, we had girls that would come watch the games that would bring us food or whatever. Like that's how I tell you they weren't there to was. watch me. That's for sure. Leo. <laughs> well, that's well, absolutely. It was more about Nat cat at that time. Yeah. I can tell you that we, I, when, when we say we had girls, okay, you guys had girls kind of watching that. I'm pretty sure that nobody was coming to watch me, but yeah, we, there was, there was times where girls would come to the tennis courts to watch the street hockey games, which is yeah. incredible to think, but <laughs> who's true. your favorite player of all time? Pebble Bray. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, so, it's hard to, hard to who's not the best happen. player in the world right now. I it's McDavid for me, but stupid good. eh? yeah, it's, it's ridiculous what that kid can do, man. It's it's it's, it's funny. It's like me. Old, he's that it, on, honestly, he when I when I came back, I think after my twenty year old year uh, with Kelowna, <laughs> I went and played uh, one of these beer league games at Coquitlam Planet Ice, which I'm now I think suspended for life. But anyways. Uh, I went and played, like, some Division 8 game. Like, I shouldn't have been out there. Like, you know what I mean? These guys could barely skate. But the one, my one buddy there, Mark Eastwood, right, he could barely, he just learning how to play. So he asked me to come out, right? Well, yeah. anyways, like, I, it was, it was so dumb. But, like, that's what, like, McDavid goes around guys in the NHL easier than I was going around guys that can't skate. Like, and yeah. I was a Western. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it really, like when I watch him, it is just like, How? How is he doing that? Like, these guys are so good. And he is that, like, oh, man, I just, I don't get it. But, yeah. Um, two, I wanted to uh, reminisce on uh, on Ruby, too, your car. Um, <laughs> Kevin was actually my first friend that had his driver's license. And Kevin looked like he was about 12 when he was 16. Yeah. I remember people looking at him. Not to mention, he had us... Uh, holding onto the back of the car going like 100 kilometers an hour when we had rollerblades on, <laughs> ripping around Citadel Drive like idiots. Yeah. Um, Kevin that. and I, we also worked at Puckmasters together. We did, and, yeah. Yeah, we coached one-on-one -on -one hockey. That's where the coaching all started, I guess. Yeah, man, who didn't um, work there back in the day? Who didn't work there, yeah. And uh, I actually owned that place for a little bit and uh, didn't go too well. That's a part of my book. But, um, oh, yeah, I remember we used to golf in my house. And, oh, man. Oh, but that helps. It, it, it comes to my point, Kev, where everything. Like, did you ever think in a million years that I would have ever been a heroin addict when we were playing? You know what I mean? Or like, man, like I got to be honest. Like I used to sleep over at your house, and your dad would, if he was home, not working, he'd make us breakfast. We'd crush apple juice and go play street hockey and uh, sit in the hot tub and you know throw the ball around for your dog and just like i don't know man do do like shit that kids do you know and uh like for you to go down that path yeah it, 
it shocked me for sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, I never judged you for it because things happen to people and it's yeah. like, you know, I, 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 I appreciate that. Guy. You actually, say. you know what though? I hurt a lot of people and I owe people money and that's just the way that things go. And, and, uh, unfortunately with the, with addiction and that you, you hurt the people uh, closest to you first, like, and, uh, you know, that's, and I never understood how people got to places like Hastings in Vancouver and, uh, man, I certainly, it, it certainly doesn't take much. And, um, I don't know. I just, I had so many good people around me like you and, um, good friends and man, I'm just so thankful that we had those times and, uh, it, like we had such good childhood uh, memories playing hockey that way and nowadays you just don't see it eh? you don't see it in the streets and and it, it's kind of depressing I, i'm pretty sure it's illegal to play street hockey in canada yeah it's it's crazy when you think back to like our childhood and the stuff that we did and then what these kids are doing now i mean obviously um i wasn't a big video game guy growing up like i mean like you said we were out playing street hockey and we were doing you know playing at ikea on friday nights i know <laughs> some of these guys now and like and, and again i'm not trying to play expert but i i'm i don't know if i would like growing up now as opposed to you know back in the day just um strapping the rollerblades on and going to play street hockey for a few hours i mean i i wouldn't trade that for any amount of call of duty or whatever these kids are playing you know yeah yeah um, absolutely not i, I mean i, think I, I look like, around and these kids are getting ripped off they are, man. You know I, I mean? think it's just, uh, you know, it's just, you're a product of your environment, and that's the unfortunate truth. Like, I, I get it. The world's probably more dangerous now than it was when we were growing up. And, you know, um, yeah, it is sad to see, though, that um, if you ask a kid, and I'm not advocating for this by any stretch of the imagination, but I I don't think any of these kids been out throwing snowballs at cars or playing Nicky Nicky Nine Door yeah, or doing like, some of that stuff. And, again, I'm not advocating for doing anything stupid or illegal or stuff that's going to get you in trouble but i think that you got 10 buddies together on a friday night and you're you know you're hanging out and doing some stuff like that it's always uh that's why i always um when i was coaching and i met the kids that um you know i could see myself in them that they weren't like they weren't the drinkers they weren't the partiers they were the guys that were you know home on a friday night just wanted to watch hockey those are the kids that i connected with most uh, coach and junior yeah. and those are the kids that I still connect with most most because basically I'm just a big nerd at heart you know just so um yeah man it's it's sad to see when I drive by a tennis court and I don't see kids playing but I hope we can get back there one day because I mean I, love I, I, cer I certainly hope so and um I don't know like <clears throat> I really feel like they're getting shortchanged like like you said I would not change that for the world and I know you were like me like if the, if uh, there was no game going on, you you were out there by yourself pretending to be Pavel Bure, um, <laughs> doing your thing, right? I know I was. Yeah. Um, probably doing your own commentary too, right? So, yeah, man. I was. My dad, frick, when I was growing up in Northside, my dad put a tennis court in the backyard just so I could go out there and play. Like every day, yeah. every day after school, get the rollerblades on, go out there and play. And man, just crazy like crazy to think that you know some kids now might not even own a pair of rollerblades or ever played street hockey like that i, mean, I know it's crazy we even had a, a tournament for money we did yeah the guys brought the barbecues we brought the stereos up to the courts um yeah. i got seward uh my team we, won by the way oh i know i got seward i still remember the game and uh we I'm pretty scored. sure i got the game winning goal we scored, but we were playing against a bunch of grade 12s or graduated guys, and they disallowed it. And what were we going to do? I think we were like in grade 10 or 9 or something, and I just was like, all right, yeah. That was, was that the semifinals? <laughs> yeah, we were just like, all right, yeah, didn't go in, but obviously. <laughs> that was that was like Derek Bemster and like <laughs> yeah, Kyle yeah. Ross. Hey? Yeah, just a bunch of older guys. What, what was I going to do, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, crazy I, to think we, that we like. Took them in the, we took them in the finals. Crazy to think that like 25, 30 kids from Poco rollerbladed to the same spot. And don't forget, I used to rollerblade to the courts. I didn't have my license. Yeah. So no matter yeah. where I lived, I lived yeah. probably 20 minute rollerblade away, and I'm chugging up the hill to get there yeah. to play. And oh, yeah. we're until I rollerblade home for dinner and then rollerblade back. Just yeah. like incredible memories. <laughs> like yeah, just like going through rollerblade wheels like they're nothing. 
You know, like rotating yeah. wheels. We're down to two wheels, you know. Oh, I just, you'd be taking off wheels during, who's got an Allen key? You're asking for an yeah. Allen key, ripping wheels off as you're playing. Uh, shout out, shout out to Jake Ebner. I don't think we, we clued him in on our group. He was definitely a main part of that for sure. Oh, I still speak to Jake almost. That's what day. I mean. Like he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's he was like, he is. Yeah. So I don't want to forget about him. Uh, me and him, uh, to clear a few things up, but I was talking to him not too long ago too. So I miss him too. And, uh, he's a hell of a hockey player too. Um, also played in Melfort and, uh, junior A there and was a part of those epic, epic games, man. I would, I would, <laughs> it would almost be like, not, I don't know, even know if it'd be that fun to do it again. Cause we're, I don't even know how good a shape we're all in. You're probably the best now because you're on the ice. probably every day. <laughs> or you were. Actually, this would be the time that I'd want to do it. Cause I'd actually be better than you guys. So. Buddy, I went for a wheel on the lake the other day and I, I toe picked in a snowmobile track, uh, trail or track on the ice and just about broke my wrist. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, but still got it a little bit i'm just about 40 pounds overweight that's all. <laughs> like, i'm like 230 right now so but yeah like kev you were around um uh you know when my dad sold our house remember yep and my sister had moved out so it was just me and my dad in that house and man that was awesome that was such a cool house uh with the hot tub and the trampoline we had parties and uh remember those some of those parties we had the hockey parties yeah, how could you forget, man? Guys rollerblading naked down your driveway. Um, <laughs> just, uh, we'll was, just call him S. Malone. Wait, that's too obvious. We'll just yeah. call him Scotty M. Yeah, that was uh, cra- crazy. Like, for me, I I mean, I was always the guy that didn't drink or anything, and, but it was just crazy, like, to be part of that stuff. And just, we. I don't even think we cared about anything we were just <laughs> running around like idiots like most 14 my, my poor dad man he'd <laughs> go to work for those day and uh he'd be working the night shift and then he'd work the double in the day and we'd be oh yeah we're in right but <laughs> luckily luckily though like you know like nothing got stolen or a couple things got broken because we we're just rambunctious and idiots but you know everyone was pretty respectful and, and, and that so but you know, after I moved from that house, my life took a drastic change. And, and in my book, uh, like that's, you know, um, actually since then, Kev, like I felt like I've never really had a home um, just from where I'd moved to up the street, living in a garage and um, which I thought was cool at the time for a bit because I had my own entrance, but just not having that home and then just getting kicked out of the house when I was 18 and and uh, you, you know, you were there like for my last day. I think you were, you, you were actually my last friend I was with at that house, my house I grew up in. And I yeah. think you were there when I told my dad to, to basically fuck off. I'm not packing any of my shit because I didn't want to move. And then I think you were the first one to come to the garage too, actually. You drove me up there. I think we went and played street hockey well, for the day or something and then came back and all the stuff was moved in there, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, I and that was, uh, and, and honestly, and you know, and I'm not trying to uh, to put this on on any anyone like my dad or anything because you know people make choices and and you never can foresee the future and I definitely own my part in in everything that went on and that'll come out on later episodes in my book or whatever but but um, yeah that was a, certainly a, a a turning point in my life and uh, you know although it didn't it did move me closer to to you we were now like 30 seconds away so that was pretty cool. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know, Kev, um, you know, I do, I do appreciate you doing this and like, I just, I'm super proud of you just to see what you've done with yourself. And, um, I remember when you started your very first corporation, I think, I, I don't know if you still have that same one or, yeah, it was just a kid with a dream, man. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, well, no. And you know what though, Kev and, and, uh, I think some people are even counting you out, you know, and, and I didn't, and you put in the time and you put in the work and, and, and Kev, you're just a good guy. Right. And, and again, and you said you don't drink and you don't party and you don't do drugs and, uh, you know, and you have the best interest of, of the players and, and really just the game of hockey. You just love the game of hockey. Right. And, yep. and, and, and I do too. So, and, and for me, I've lost that over this last, bit of time like because I lost all of myself and 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 everything and getting to hear you know it, it's it's hard to 
to even say, you know, you said you were jealous because of some of someone like me, me who played in WHL or pro hockey, but now for someone who's done that and looking back and I can see, you know, how much you've done and what I'm aspiring to be is a coach now, Kev, and you are eons ahead of me in that and probably have and done stuff that I will never even get an opportunity to do now because of maybe some of the stuff I've done. I hope that some doors open because you know as well as anyone, Kev, that I'm a good guy when I'm not in that life and, and that. And and um, so now, you know, I'm envious of you. So, um, you know, I'm super proud of you and I think just keep going. And Kev, what's your ultimate goal? Like where where are you going with this? What is it? Is it the scouting side? Is it the coaching side? Do you want to be a GM one day? Is <laughs> yeah, it... um, um... For me, it was always like I wanted to be a scout just because um, a, a like I, I didn't have any dreams of being a head coach. I will, I always like felt comfortable being an assistant coach, and then uh, scouting always attracted me just because. Um, what better job like to wake up to than you get to watch hockey for a living? So there's definitely challenges. It's not an easy job. Um, you know, there's a lot of travel and. You know, there's a lot of pressure on us to find the next guys, um, but it's good pressure, and it's the pressure that I want. I want to be able to be the guy who, um, you know, drafted a kid or was part of the team that drafted a kid late that turned out. So that's my motivation. I don't have um, – my goal was always to make the NHL like everybody else. I used to sleep with a poster of the Stanley Cup on my roof so I could look at it every night, and that's – everybody always asks me, Kev, what do you want to do? I'm, I'm fine doing what I'm doing. I just want to win a Stanley Cup, so I mean, I knew you know what, Kev. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I had this question. And I knew you were gonna say that because, and you know what, Kev. I think you have a very good opportunity to do so. Um, uh, you have you're young, and you have so many years ahead of you. I mean, we're both young, right? Yeah. And uh, we have so many years ahead of us, and um, yeah, I think that. You know, just keep taking every opportunity you can get. And, Kev, I really think that there's going to be so many for you. And, um, yeah, no, Kev, um, keep on going, buddy. You know, I'm I'm certainly happy, and, and I can't thank you enough for doing this. Like, um, Yeah, no problem. Uh, there have been a couple people that have agreed to do it, and, and uh, you know, I consider you a brother. Uh, I want to take this time right now to apologize for for uh being a shitty friend and falling uh you know this distance between us and and uh you know we never had any falling outs or anything like that um personally or no personal beefs or anything like that no but at the same but at the same time uh you know uh, i do value your friendship and and i want you to know that so um you know, hopefully we can do this again sometime and hopefully we can get hockey back going on. What are you doing for the COVID-19? Um, we're pretty busy. Um, I think a lot of NHL teams are in the same boat. Um, you know, we're we're all just trying to collect as much uh, information as we can from the kids that we've watched um, from September till now. So I think all 31 teams are in the same boat as in terms of scouts, just still working, still, um, still doing our best to um, maybe watch games that have been previously played, um, you know, just go over some of the, the details of kids that you like or maybe that you don't like and, you know, call some coaches. And we're still working every day, so um, nothing's changed for me. I'm just not going to the rink physically, but still working every day and just trying to – I'm just trying to be the best scout I can, man, for the Coyotes. Like, I mean, if we're all going in the same direction, then we can win. So I'm working every day trying to do that, so – well, Kev, I wish you uh, the absolute best of luck going forward. And, um, yeah, let's stay in touch. Um, say hi to the family for me. For sure. And um, my last question for you is uh, anybody that uh, – two questions, sorry. Who is the absolute best minor hockey player and junior hockey players you have seen in during their minor hockey time or during their junior time, and um, yeah, let's start with those. Um, crazy question. Growing up, probably Gilbert Brule would probably be like best minor hockey player I ever saw. I mean, just incredible what he did. Um, yeah. And then a kid that we talked about before, Barzell. I mean, Matt was. 
I mean, it's it's hard to argue. The first time I watched that kid play, I think he had 21 goals in a P, in an Adam game. So I mean, it's hard to it's hard to <laughs> say that that guy wasn't the best player in junior hockey. I mean, holy cow! There's been so many guys. Um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins comes to mind. He was incredible in the Western League. Um, watching closely in Everett, I, I honestly I might just say Seth Jones here. Um, every time Portland would come down to Everett, I'd I'd drive to the game just to watch that kid play. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but the list, I mean, we could sit here and talk for two more hours about how many <laughs> players, but those yeah. are guys that come to mind off the top of my head. Cool. All right, Kev, thanks so much for doing this, buddy. No problem, Braids. Uh, say, hi okay. to, uh, say hi to everybody that uh, I haven't spoken to in a while, and uh, we'll always be friends with buddy. All right, buddy. I love you, man. Okay, love you too, man. We'll talk to you soon. Again to Kevin Peterson for joining me. You guys can follow him on Twitter at the underscore KPED. That's at the underscore KPED. Please make sure to follow me and stay tuned for new episodes. Thanks, guys. Remember, do not be so judgmental. Right now.